Recorded live. I do is I wear it to bed. Yeah. Because there's no heat, eh? so I can't let the heat escape my head, and it's uh, perfect for that purpose. Okay, good, yeah. Because it's got a strap that kind of links together under the chin. With yeah. ear flaps. So, but I don't think I'd wear it down the street. Yeah. Is it, is it ugly or is it just not? No, it's, it's, it's because the fur makes it look like it's your hair. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever fur it is, I don't know. Because I was looking for something, but then I'm, I'm, I have to remember you're in Canada, right? So it's not just yeah. like I'm going to get some casual. I, I wanted to get something that was looked warm, but it's hard to tell if I can't feel it and pick it up. So I was kind of going off of pictures and reviews. And I was trying to get a grasp yeah. of something that might... You know, so, and I wasn't yeah, sure about we that. We could have talked a while ago because Jennifer called to say she didn't have time to talk. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been waiting here until you call back. So happy, oh. happy you did. <laughs> yeah. So what's new? <laughs> Oh, so much crap, Glenn, you know, I mean, dealing with, actually, I will say, um, I was just out of a, recently out of this relationship with this Korean girl. I I dated her for probably about almost three months. And I always look at everyone as kind of, if they're going to last for a while, it's, you know, it's, there's always lessons in there, right? So I always try to yeah. figure out what's the lesson that this, because it was yeah. kind of, the, the lessons she was teaching me were kind of kind of rough. Like she went, she kind of accelerated the relationship where say a normal relationship, you know, a few months go by after that quote unquote honeymoon period ends, then they start to have maybe the first few arguments where, which are normal because you have to figure out each other's boundaries and stuff. I understand that. But it, this was like two weeks in, you know, I mean, this girl's talking about, look, she's, she's about almost 30 years old, so she's looking, you know, looking for husband material, and, and she keeps saying, like, you don't care about me, and you don't, you don't, you're so selfish, and you don't care about me, everything, like, your actions are very selfish, and here I am thinking, maybe, am I? Like, I, I don't look at it, I look at it as who's telling me this, you know, is it obviously um, her programming talking to her, or maybe it's a, a good chance for me to learn about how some people might view me or women might view me that I'm not aware of. Maybe I am, if I'm, I guess in other words, if I'm coming across that way to people, I, I don't want to be considered that because I don't believe that I am, you know, so listening to things that she says, like, and you know, it was a little nuts, the things that she would say, like it was, she works in Manhattan and I work about, I mean, I live about uh, 
15, 20 miles away from Manhattan. So the weather can be different. It could be raining there and it could be dry here. So one day, it's just an example, you know, she said, oh, it's raining here. I was like, okay. And she got upset that I didn't ask her if she had an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds you don't... like a self-serving person. Yeah, but it's my fault. You're so mean and you're so selfish that you wouldn't ask to see if I had an umbrella. Like, you're 30 years old. You're just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Are you a kid? Yeah, yeah I'm like, really? Like, things like that. Examples like that. You know, or maybe it's the guys that you dated before were just such... You know, I don't want to say like wimpy guys, but I'm, I just I just let people be adults, and I, I, and I'm, my whole thing is I don't react. I think I learned that from you. Like I don't react right away. Yeah. You know, so she everyone can say things to me, and I'm, and I'm even when I'm at work, and people will say to me, "You're so quiet. Like you just sit there, and you just listen to everybody." But everyone hates. Some people don't like it because I mean they appreciate it, but they're saying that uh, we don't know what's going on in your mind. So. You know, but some people might take that as like, what's going on with this kid? You know, he just sits there, he's quiet. But I open my mouth when it's time to open it, you know, like when I actually yeah. <laughs> have something to say about it. A lot of times people talk and I don't, if I feel I don't necessarily have anything to add, because all right, you guys are doing the talking. Like, yeah, I'm pretty much on board with you guys and I get what you're saying. Like, I don't really necessarily have to add just so I can feel like I'm talking. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have to yeah. do that. And, and it's pretty much all predictable crap anyway. So. <laughs> you guys want to talk about what I want to talk about? No. All right. So I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just here for the paycheck. <laughs> I would imagine that Trump is the topic of conversation in most meetings these days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, especially because, um, you know, one the business that I help form here that I'm, that I'm working for, it's um you know electronic cigarette business, so they make or we make the uh the liquid the nicotine liquids, right? And our liquids are cleaner as like you know a lot of the stuff that people get their liquids from they come from China and they're impure and people are just vaping them thinking that they're helping themselves you know quitting cigarettes and stuff, but they actually have a lot of uh, carcinogens in them because they don't do any testing. But the lab that we use goes through all the testing and, you know, I think their lab was designed by the people who made Johnson and Johnson. So it's very strict, um, regulated lab. Um, with minus the fact that there aren't regulations totally confirmed with the e-liquid uh, industry yet. So we're in it to, for the helping people quit smoking aspect of it and getting them off of a cigarette and just kind of switch is like a, a, a safer alternative to it. Right. That's my sales pitch for you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, so that's and I basically how I what, I what I do in this job is just kind of is research, which is what I've been doing. So I you know I research all these things, and but you're dealing with all these egos and all these people, and you know how the business world is, and everyone has their own crappy way of doing things with each other, and, and nobody follows up with anybody, and everyone's thinking the other guy's doing something, and it's just a mess. Whatever you know. Yeah. But the reason why I talk about that is because now with with Trump, they're talking about that he's going to take away some of the regulations because it's so strict. Like they want to basically shut down. It'll be like ninety something, ninety nine or ninety five percent of the whole industry because the e liquid business generates probably about four to six billion dollars a year. 
but it's unregulated. So they're going to try to shut it down. The FDA is coming in now and making all these demands where you have to do your, like every company like ourselves would have to do a test that could cost a clinical test that would have to cost anywhere from a half a million to a million dollars per flavor that we have. And if you have five flavors at $5 million you have to spend and nobody knows where the money's going and it's not going to the FDA. So it's like, they basically want to shut down the industry so Philip Morris and the guys can come in and take it over. That's pretty much what's happening, it looks like. Yeah. You know, so. But anyway, that's that crap. What's <laughs> going on up there? What's going on in the real world? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm watching the uh, choice of people for the cabinet. And there's uh, something that tells me we're not hearing the whole story here. Yeah. I, I have a feeling that what the United States is going through is a um, silent coup. Mm. It's being set up by the military. And they're putting their people at the key posts so that uh, no secrets can be kept from them. That's why they're cleaning house like that and all the, you know, the, the um, basically hypocrites that were against something or got fired for doing a certain job are the ones that he's hiring to do that specific job, right? Yeah. <laughs> Unethical kind of, yeah. What, you know, I, I cannot Imagine Trump winning in states like Ohio, controlled by Jesuits, which he did win. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pennsylvania, controlled by the FBI, which he did. And that many military generals and whatever positioning themselves in the cabinet without something behind the scene would speak louder than words. It's impossible in my mind for Trump to win in a Jesuit-controlled state like Ohio. And Ohio is one of the states that always votes for the winner. And they did. Mm. But it's such a turn of events, such a turnaround from what they've done in the last 20 years. You know, they turned the Vietnam War around. Oh stop the Vietnam War with the event at Kent State. Right, right. University, yeah. So how much of it do you... Well, how much of it is it that they're just, you know, using him as their front guy to, to get away with putting all those people in, like you're saying, and like maybe they don't care that, or, or are you saying that states like that were more of a, a telltale sign of what's to come or, what, or what's going to... Well, if you look at history, 
going back a long, long time. Countries were being run by what they called uh, pharaohs, royals, kings, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But in fact, it was all military. Their purpose was to go in, take over a country, make an arrangement with a person who would pay a duty to their country, a tax, and uh, leave them behind. But if they stopped paying, the military would go in and flatten them. You look at at the time of uh, Akhenaten and Nefertiti and uh, Tutankhamun. Once you went through the process of having pharaohs and their sons and then the guy who did the genetic engineering, I took over and then the military took over. They, it's almost like it was all planned. And this is the same feeling I'm getting for the U.S. Yeah. Do you, at what point, because I guess how I view history is that it was always controlled, always planned, there's no mistakes, kind of. So was it that they're allowed competition between each other or, you know, since... They own both sides. Right. So, I mean, like, when there's like this kind of competition and taking over this country and all that stuff, that's just more, like, more chess than anything because they're, they're all the same people, the same bank accounts, it's all the same. It doesn't matter who's elected, which who's king, who's whatever. It's like all their all completely controlled surface of the planet, right? Like everyone that's introduced or in power is all supposed to be there and there's no... (laughs) The only thing that's real is that they needed information which they could only gather by having more people. Each one of them assigned a project, whether they knew it or not. And as the answers came in, they were tested against facts. Is is this proving out to be factually correct? If it was, they take the information and put it in the big computer underground. If it's not, He set up more experiments with other people to see what's the problem here, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's basically a process that I believe is now over. And therefore, the next jump is space. But the people who are on the planet now, seven to eight billion people, are not 
the right people they need for the future travel into space. They need hermaphrodites, basically, and they need a lot less of the numbers of people that are on the planet. So they they have to go through a process of destroying the ones that are here now. More important at the beginning at this period in time is to destroy the evidence that would confirm that we're all, what do you call them on the front line of plane? Cannon fodder? Oh, pawns. Pawns? Pawns. We're all pawns. In their project, And that was done through genetic engineering, the headquarters of which is Syria. And they've now taken out a whole batch of people out of Syria and and prepared to put them in different countries uh, to manage from within by the concept of sleeper cells. Not necessarily the person that goes because of the four-generation thing. It could be the child of the child, you know, 40 years, uh, Mm -hmm. who would then do their bidding for the next step. But all of that destruction, mass, mass, mass destruction they did of Aleppo, Eastern Aleppo in Syria suggests that they're washing away all signs of genetic engineering that was in operation in 1500 BC and ran the show between places they set up Uh, for local genetic engineering like Canada and the northeastern United States and Germany and France. You know, they they all have their their little headquarters run by nuns Mm -hmm. as laboratories. But there's a sense that it's so damaging what they're doing to Aleppo that they don't want anybody with a memory of what went on there. In the old days, I think it had a name that sounded more like hurry. And now it's it's Syria. But that's where Akhenaten and Nefertiti came from before they, for Akhenaten was a return of a child Nefertiti was the wife, the daughter of the genetic engineer who went into Egypt. But while they were in Egypt, he needed to take over the priesthood, take their secrets, transfer it to a different church. Once they had the information they wanted, which was all about mummies and genetic engineering and rebirth and all of that, once they had it, Nefertiti disappeared from uh, Egypt, 
and went and set up a country which we call Israel today, based Mm -hmm. upon what happened to a woman called Sarai. Sarai is Israel, in Israel. And Mm -hmm. uh, 2000 B.C., Sarai gave birth to a child when she was 90 years old, while her husband was 100 years old, and they had lost hope of ever having a child of their own. Abraham was his name. But on the concept of Sarai, they set up Israel and made a totally genetically engineered population since none of the men that were in Egypt with Nefertiti were allowed to come to Israel. They were all sent to the desert for 40 years. Mm, So only the women made the journey, and how then do you get all of these men in Israel unless somebody is genetically engineering the population of women? And then you need a distribution so they have Babylonians kick them out of Israel and they end up in, in all over Europe and their temples are knocked down and that kind of stuff so that they all operate behind the scenes. But it's it's not only Israel. You know, uh, Next door on the northern shore of, of uh, the Mediterranean, uh, to the west of them was also operating there's a whole bunch of countries names now but they were operating genetic engineering activity out of there most of the genetically engineered people who were placed in other countries end up either themselves or their children or their grandchildren or their great-grandchildren end up working for the bureaucracy of the government and most of them on the borders. So managing who immigrates to where is basically the story of the evolution of these laboratories over the last 2,000, 3,000 years. Right. Not allowed to leave the lab, right? Yeah. You're not allowed to leave the lab. No. You're not allowed to leave the lab, and you're not allowed to let some somebody be allowed to come in if their genetic engineering is counter to the task of the country they want to move to. We're all genetically engineered. We're not talking about, you know, one person or 15 or 1,000 or whatever. It's over time, everybody that has been genetically engineered has passed on their genetics. And people who do studies of what your background will tell you, you know, we can see 
in Eastern Europe, in the Middle East, in Asia, in Africa, or whatever, out of your evolution of genetics. But along the way, you carry a specific genetic aimed at one task alone. And that's why so many people don't recognize other people when they do certain things. All of a sudden, and they say, I never would have believed that that would have been done by this person. Because that genetics hadn't been triggered yet. Hmm. But as soon as it's triggered, the person must do what is being triggered to do or fight it all the time. And if you don't know it's happening, how can you fight it? Right. Yep, and then social engineering brings all that stuff out and what's promoted in the media and the ways to do things. And Yeah. And electromagnetic engineering to kill off the ones that uh, are not doing what is required. I have no doubt, and I've been told by people who know a hell of a lot more about the subject of lifespan than I do, that a normal lifespan should be in the 120-year range. And yet, over the last hundred years, we've had to move from about 40 to 80 years of age, when we should be living another 40 years, most people are dying. Yeah. And, and hospitals are the place where most murders happen. In any event, we broke the mold and they're doing everything they can to stop the information from getting out. Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, for a person operating on the budget we have, for Hydro to send us a bill for $17,000 for Hydro, knowing that it's not possible. Yeah, absolutely. And they don't want to look at the reasoning their financial group came up with such a, a number. And I keep repeating to them, you have an electronic meter. An electronic meter is subject to magnetism. If you don't believe me, take a dime and put it beside your telephone, your portable telephone, and, and leave it there for a day and see what happens magnetism will change everything the phone does 
and will prevent it from doing the things it normally could do. It, it is no longer a smartphone. It's a stupid phone. <laughs> University of Ottawa were complaining about allowing a an underground subway station near their university and their reasoning was that all of their gadgets in science uh, are so precise uh, that only those machines can do the metering of what's going on at the level they have to be and that if you add something like uh, an electric railway system going within a block of their place all of the meters will be off drops the field like that yeah And it's been now, uh, since uh, 2013, that I've been asking Hydro to send people who know about electromagnetism to come and, and do some readings of the magnetic fields around this property. I don't know how wide the expanse of the property is, but I suspect eastern Ontario is um, is a big magnetic field. And if it's that sensitive density. If it's that sensitive to machinery, what about the human body? They don't think that Exactly. And if the water that you're drinking has a lot of iron in it to the point where it stains your and right. everything else that, that comes in contact with it. You can imagine what that iron content in your stomach and your heart and your brain and your you know, neurology system of the human body is, is all based upon very fine movement of electrical currents. So over-magnetize it, and what do you got? Hydro-seal. Wow. Hey, Glenn. Hey. <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're arriving, or you've been there from the beginning? I'm just arriving. Are you working, Jordan? No, I'm not. No, I'm just uh, driving uh, home. Yeah. We're shoveling snow. Oh, no, the snow actually came and went. It, it, didn't, it wasn't really a big snowstorm. I mean, I'm sure we're, due, we're overdue for one. We should be getting one sooner or later. I've been shoveling for a week now, every <laughs> second day. Wow. 
Yeah. But it's good exercise if uh, you know how to do it right. You know, don't try to do it all in one shot without stopping. So I've set up oh. some chairs out in front where I'll shovel for 10, 15 minutes, then sit down for five and shovel oh, okay. another 10, 15. It's, uh, it takes me three to four hours between the, the front. Definitely listen to shoveling oh. advice from a Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say the winter, like, is it, did it snow less this year or than the last year? Or has it been snowing less because of, uh, you know. Last year we had less snow during yeah. the, um, the first part of the winter. Then we got a couple of good snowstorms coming towards the end. This year it seems to be reversed. The snow is coming before Christmas and I suspect may end up being warm in the uh, spring. I'm only hoping that we end up at a place where there really are four seasons, you know. One <laughs> winter in winter. <laughs> right. Not winter in spring or fall, you know. Hmm. Yeah, it's basically going from winter to summer. Yeah. Really hot and back to pre pre winter winter. You know. Yeah. So I heard you talking about they man. call here is uh, summer and a season uh, no winter and a season of bad skiing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they can, because uh, I heard you talking about magnetism, do you think that can have any effect on, like, weather? Or Absolutely. It's not the magnetism by itself. If the magnetism had remained what it was, it's what makes the the gravity and everything on the planet here possible. Uh The minute you do something to enhance the magnetic field way beyond what it was, then you're starting to mess with the balance and you cause cancer, heart conditions, strokes, sore knees, sore feet, all all of the things that in the hospitals they pretend they don't know how to cure it. Well, it's not a matter of curing it. It's a matter of stopping what's doing it. And, and in the 1970s, I believe, they took uh, lightning rods off the roofs of buildings turned them around and planted them in the ground and told you that you had to do that or all your equipment would be damaged. Well, of course it would be damaged because they were then going to send you surcharges. And for the surcharge, not to damage your radio and TV and all of that stuff, you have to get rid of that surcharge and 
it's sent into the ground. Or the minute you send it into the ground, add water, add granite, and uh, you're creating an enhanced magnetic field. Each mineral responds differently to a magnetic field. Some get hot fast. Some take a long time before they get hot. But as soon as you build up the magnetism, you you start a problem with the magnetism expands in the middle of things and breaks it open like an egg. Then the magnetism is spread by the water that comes out and the humidity in the air. So it's it's like it's creating a cloud that's invisible to the eye. And when you walk through it, it moves just like a, a cloud does. And how I've been able to find out where these clouds were was basically by watching thermometers that are a few feet apart. They have six thermometers out in front within a distance of about 70 feet. And some of them are uh, 10 feet apart. Some are uh, 30 feet apart. But you watch what is the reading on the thermometer. And you can have two thermometers five feet apart. One will be reading uh, at this time in in the winter uh, 10 below, while the other one is reading 12 above. Hmm. In the summertime, one will read 15 above, the other one will read 50. Are these poked into the ground, or are they on laying on top of the? No, they're just sitting on on whatever is out there, hanging off a tree or a cement wow. platform or whatever is there. Uh, but what I did was choose two places where the magnetism was moderate. And I placed what had been the gravel and cement through which the electricity hydro grounding rod went through on that place. And it changes. (laughs) It changes. Even though the hydro has been disconnected now since April, you're getting magnetism from what was created, but at the time it was working. 
you've built up within the cement and much of the reinforced concrete has uh, what they call rebar, uh, metal bars that go through it to hold it all together, uh, solidify it. And that even enhances more than the cement itself. Cement is just clay and rock. You know. uh-huh. right. But what it does, and I can look at the neighborhood and see where people are spending time during most of their awake hours, where they're spending time most of their sleep hours. And if they're on their feet at a ground level and they're working on a platform of cement, they have knee problems. If they live in different parts of the house, there's a common denominator that shows up about the height within their body that will be affected by the magnetic rod. So for me, it was my thighs before I moved into the house, out of the RV into the house, my thighs. Then after I I got into the house, it became my stomach. And I can guarantee you that in North America, because many parents raise their grandchildren, that their children lived in the basement. Yeah, that's true. Children were raised in a room in the basement because there wasn't enough room. And then these children are the ones that have a lot of times given birth to babies with mental disabilities. Fat bottom ladies. Where does a fat bottom lady work? Post office? Standing on a cement floor? Any industry which is basically assembly line production? Where were they born? Where were they raised? How old are they? Seems the fat bottom begins at an age between 25 and 30. That's usually the place of early employment. Anyways, that's life. And we got to do something about it because fixing it by fixing the country is not possible. There are too many politicians and bureaucrats and police out there who've been genetically engineered to prevent uh, 
any of the citizens from changing the system until the system wants it changed. And then you get policemen who used to be at the bottom of the ring and taking care of making sure people lived a secure life, and you move them up the ladder until their genetics is cleansed of the nice part. And bad genetics is added to their already formed, socially engineered formed thought pattern of a policeman until they get to be nasty people. Uh And they shoot people instead of talking to them. But now they need that person, that policeman, to be shrunk down and put inside a woman so that you now have a hermaphrodite that looks like a woman, but acts like a policeman. And those are the ones they want to send into space. Nasty people. Yeah, I see, like, in my job, I see, like, those in the corporate world, like, who, like, run presidents of corporations and stuff, a lot of them are, are these type of, at least a, a version of it, are these type of uh, women. They're kind of really, in their activity, they, they're they really masculine. They're very, and they seem like they hide, uh, on the surface, they seem to hide a lot of their emotion uh, or, or they, they don't really, express a lot of emotion. Or maybe that's just... The real bad guys are not at the top. They don't even know what's going on. They think they're there to manage a company or, or an organization or a police department or whatever. The bad guys are the bureaucrats. The bad guys are that rung of people between the top and the actual worker. And they make sure that the information that comes into the company is not given to the person it belongs to or should go to if that thing is going to interfere with their activity. So they call the mail. They steal from the files. All stuff that nobody would even think about. You know, they're not looking for money. They're looking for information. Because information is power. Yeah, because that's the way I was just talking about that with Tina, like, but a lot of uh, we men, like, their power comes from uh, information. That's, like, where they get a lot of their power from. They, 
So anything to do, I mean, and you see that with nuns, you see that as far as, I guess, that, that female side in the system, they seem to just deal with information. And I noticed that in Canada, a lot of the, the jobs, you know, are bureaucrats. I have a, there's a girl I even know in in, in France, and I, I guess that's a lot of the jobs out there, too, in France, is, a bureaucratic type of job, because that's where it started, right? That whole bureaucratic... If if the bureaucracy is allowed to run the middle part, then the bottom and the top are never in, in touch. The media... <laughs> Middleman, lawyers, doctors, accountants—you yeah. know—they're not yeah. normal people. They only care about themselves. Oh. You know, think think about it. If you had a knife in your hand, would you? cut someone next to you with a knife. But yet, that's what doctors who do operations do every day. They'll tell you it's for a good reason, and some of it probably is to get into something they can repair. But think of the mentality it takes for a person to be looking at a human being lying on a table and taking a razor blade type device and cutting it. That's not the same mentality as the rest of us. If we do it, we're called psychotic. Uh, that's uh, cutting somebody open. lawyers who don't give a shit about people they represent who are in jail before they're ever found guilty of anything lawyers treat their clients as if they were bad guys They'll tell you everybody I deal with lies. Mm -hmm. How do you know if you treat them like liars from the beginning? Hmm. You know, if you walk in and you say, I'm not guilty, the lawyer says, everybody says that. So you're an everybody. Now, he's going to see how he can cheat using words to cheat with to convince other people that he's right and they're wrong. And the jury (laughs) won't want to make a decision that makes them look stupid, so they will agree with the guy 
who's basically stealing their brain while he's talking to them. None of what they say a, a cheap lawyer would say. But the higher you pay for a lawyer, the more he's prepared to manipulate reality. He says he's not there to find the truth. He's only there to get his client released. Exactly. Well, released, but not until he's made the money he can out of that client. Anyways, it's almost night here, and i got to get out and do my last run. <laughs> yeah, it's the same over here, too. <laughs> Talk to you guys soon. All right. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New Year. Year. <laughs> Bye for now. Bon on there. Okay. <laughs>